The San Jose Sharks lose a tough one in South Florida as the hot Florida Panthers come back, erase three, two goal deficits, and win this one. We'll break this down. We might have a rant. We might have to talk to you about some former Sharks scoring goals right now on Teal Town After Dark. Good evening, everyone. It is Saturday night, January 29th, 2022. 27 years ago, the Niners were winning a Super Bowl at, at this time on this date. Tonight, the Sharks looked super early on, but faltered in this one as they took down, as they were taken down by the Florida Panthers. Welcome to Teal Town After Dark. This is your live interactive Sharks post game. We do this after every game, so if you want to be part of the show, here's how you do it. Chat with us and fellow Sharks fans on the page or the app. Follow us on the social, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. That tells you when we go on live. Don't forget to check us out on SoundCloud, Reddit, Discord, and TikTok, and find everything at tealtownusa.com. Hi, everyone. Eric Curra alongside Ian Reed. Ian. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, uh, it was fun. Like, it was a fun game. Terrific game. Terrific game. I mean, I think I think you could want a different outcome, but yeah. uh, as, as far as like uh, <laughs> as far as a hockey game goes to watch, though, I mean, this was this was a ton of fun. Yeah. Yeah. The outcome sucked. But and you but. and you feel for James Reimer because, you know, he ends up with an 898 save percentage and 44 saves. Doesn't even get a victory out of it. And that's a that's a tough one to take, you know, so. Yeah, I mean, Reimer's effort was worthy of two points. I don't know if... I don't think the team's effort was maybe worthy of two points, but I think Reimer's effort certainly was. And there are stretches of the game where the, the Sharks looked like they, you know, they should have gotten the two points, but... I mean, James Reimer, what can you say? I mean, what more can he do at this point, right? Like, he did everything humanly, and like I tweeted this out earlier, um, he did everything humanly possible and at times inhumanly possible to keep this team in this game. And I thought, like, I, I don't know how you could be mad at, you know, like, if you're mad at James Reimer, then I don't, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know how to how to talk you off that ledge because James Reimer is the only reason that the Sharks were they got in this a point. as long as they were. Yeah, I mean they got a point because of James Reimer. Right. And I don't want to take I don't want to take the, I don't want to take too much away from the offense because look at the Sharks are in their offense tonight too. I thought Jonathan Dolan had a hell of a game tonight. Like after looking just absolutely frustrated uh, upon coming back into the lineup. You know, if he, you see it earlier in the last game where he, he, he misses that, you know, maybe makes one too many moves and you can tell he's overthinking it and you can tell that he's frustrated. And then, you know, he comes back later in the game with that no look, you know, looking pass and then shooting and, and scoring. And ever since that, the guy's just been, you know, back to himself again, back to the, the Jonathan Dolan we saw earlier in the, in the season. Which is nice to see. I mean, I mean, yeah. we we'll get into the breakdown, but it's 
just to see the confidence, the excitement from him coming back. And we, we saw how frustrated he was. Him and Gregor going on and just being, man, oh, man, just a rough one. And, yeah. and you know, uh, I, I know it's early in overtime, but like a Tiger in, in the chat saying, Dolan and Timo should have been out there for, on overtime. Yeah. I mean. Ah, there we go. Yep. Um, you know, and. Uh, Sorry, my chat was my chat wasn't doing anything, so I had to reload the thing here. But yeah, you're good. Uh, we'll get to some of the early comments right off the get. Uh, Bugner saying, nice to see Dolan get rewarded. Nice to see him get that puck luck tonight. And to have what he's been doing, it's nice. Um, every line was giving us something. It's nice to be able to have four lines at my disposal. Uh, and from what we've gathered so far, Balsers is fine per Bob Boogner. Uh That's good. Yeah, that was concerning. Yeah, uh, we w- and we will know more in the morning, but it will be big if it's long-term. For all, we'll see a dentist. So that's a devastating blow for the Sharks. If that's the case, let's uh, let's get right into it, then, buddy. Uh, you know, we we start off with the uh, with Burns. They originally called it boarding on on Burns, and then Lumber got called for embellishment a minute in, which I was a little. Eh. I I said this a hundred times, right? But like, it's either a penalty or it's embellishment. I don't understand how it's always both. You're right. Right? Like, shouldn't embellishment be, like, not a penalty because you flopped? Like, either you flopped or you didn't. I hate, I hate, this is, like, one of my biggest pet peeves in hockey next to the, you know, 10-minute, 10 10-minute 10 video review for a millimeter <laughs> skate inch, you know, for an offside review. Um, this is my second biggest pet peeve. And it's, it's, it's a, you, you dove or you didn't. Either it's a penalty or you dove. It's not both. I, it drives me crazy that this continuously gets called this way. Like, is it a penalty or did he dive? Which is right. it? It shouldn't be both. It shouldn't be both. I mean, I think if you, I mean, would you want them to take a little time to kind no, of No, I think they should just it? be like, either it's boarding or it's a, or he dove. If he dove, then he dove and sent him to the box in shame and, you know, you dove, so now your team's shorthanded because you're a pansy. Or Brent Burns boarded him and he goes to the box because he'd made an illegal play. And he should sit down it's and feel It's not shame. rocket science. No, you're right. And it, it's like, get it right. Figure it out every now and then. And then, then of course, the other then there'll be one side that gets it wrong. So I would rather just think of one get, way or the other instead of this bold nonsense. It's... I. There's a lot to talk about. Let's we can't we can't stay on this. He's online. he's getting warmed up, folks. Let's, let's I'm just putting that out there. He's getting warmed up. Uh, then about five minutes in, you know, Mario Ferraro takes the puck to the face. Uh, like we said just earlier, Bugner's saying they'll find out everything in the morning. Uh, but he but Ferraro's definitely going to be seeing a dentist. That's concerning because to me that says that his face is swollen up and they can't tell if his jaw's broken. Like that's what that says to me. And if and a broken jaw is just it's a hell of an injury, but especially for, for a hockey player, right? Because like you it's hard to keep body mass on when you can't eat solid food. Exactly. I mean that's gonna be really rough. Uh for for a guy who eats a lot of minutes tonight uh in in the uh, Sharks roster. I mean, just looking at it 
tonight and you know you're seeing oh god just looking at these numbers uh redeem shimmick 1415 nicholas malosh 2217 mark edward vlasic i don't think he's seen 23 minutes of ice time you know in what two three years uh, mm-hmm. you know but brent burns playing over 33 minutes tonight for a game that went almost 62 um and these guys got to play tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, it's not a, none, none, none of this is ideal, right? Yeah. Um, I joked on Twitter um, that you know I, I was curious to see who like with Ferraro possibly being out, like who's gonna come into the lineup instead of Merkley now. But because they're on the road with Merkley, because like unless they're gonna fly someone across the country tonight just to keep Merkley in the taxi squad. I mean, Merkley comes in now. But I joked, you know, what's who's Bob gonna bring in next? That's not Ryan Merkley at this point. Magically, Nikolai Kanijov is coming. No, I'm kidding. I can't. <laughs> Maybe Middleton can draw back in. I mean, I, I I think that's the one guy where, like, if if Middleton draws back in, like, I'm not angry. Like, Middleton's more than earned his spot this year. Um, but I feel like if Middleton can't go, it's it's got to be Merkley, right? Like, it's you- got to be. I mean, uh, they have said that Middleton is close to playing. Uh, that he's been skating. Um, you know. <sighs> But if you lose Mario Ferraro, who's been, and let's be honest, he's been probably their best defensive defenseman uh, in the last couple of seasons. Yep. Um, you know, it, it it's a big blow. Uh, you could say it's almost as big of a blow as as losing Hurdle or Couture a couple of years ago, or or losing Ek. Um, yeah, I mean, losing losing Eric Carlson sucks. Like, I, 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 you have to be dense to think that losing Eric Carlson at this point is a net positive for the team. Like, I right. don't, how fucking dense are you? If that's your opinion, like, if you're if you have that opinion, I mean, that's great. You know, everyone's allowed to be an idiot. Yeah. So we'll see what happens there. We'll keep you up to date if we hear anything more. But it looks like it's going to be a a decision once they get into Raleigh tonight or tomorrow morning as to uh, what they do with Mario Ferraro. Uh, moving onward, the Hurdle gets things going early on, about six minutes in, like a little bit right after Ferraro takes the puck to the face. Uh, he gets his 22nd from Rudolph's Balsers, which, by the way, yes, Balsers and Barabanov were playing tonight. They are not the same person. <laughs> it just seems like... It just seems like... One of them will be playing, and then the other one is out. So, so uh, a nice goal from Hurdle to make it one nothing. What did What did you take from the opening goal? Um, opening goal. I, I yeah. I mean, it was. Um, I'm trying to remember this. This period like flew by so fast. Um, let me see here. Who was the first? That was that was Hurdle's goal, right? That was Hurdle's goal. Yeah, was from Balsers. Uh, right. Yeah, no, um, really big, um, nifty play by, by hurdle. Cause he kind of like Balsers did make a nice pass, but hurdle really did the majority of the work, gave it to Balsers who had the smarts to give it back to hurdle, uh, and let him finish. So, and, and just picking, I mean, it was just like a quick little wrap around, but he went far side with it. it was a nice goal there to make it one, nothing, uh, then Duclair would take a, uh, I don't know, a little shaky goaltender interference call. He did run into Reimer, but I didn't think it was, like, egregious. But the Sharks get a power play, and 
Jonathan Dolan. Yeah, let's go, buddy. You know, he gets his first of two power play goals on the night from Gregor. Uh, nice little stick handling reminded me of his dad again to uh, to make it 2 nothing. And I thought, whoa, these guys are looking good against the best home team in the NHL. Yeah, I mean, the shot. I mean, the, the one thing that, like, I agree, like the stick handling and everything, but the shot. The shot on Dolan is is just unreal good. Um, both the night, both the goals tonight he had, I thought just, you know, just snipes, absolute snipes to the back of the net, uh, by Dolan. And again, it's, it, you know, when he's not, it seems like he kind of got that monkey of his back. Cause I thought he looked a little frustrated, but now the pucks are going in. Like he's just, he seems like he, he's significantly better when, He's just, he's not thinking about it. He's just doing. And I think there got to a point before he scored that goal last game where I think he was thinking too much. He was doing too much to try and force things in. Now he's just trusting in and trusting in his ability to shoot the puck again. And, and they're going in. Yeah. And it's nice to see, uh, in getting those nice shots off and definitely using his stick handling abilities to uh, make it happen. So that makes it two nothing San Jose and less than two minutes later, Forsling gets one back a little scrappy move. Uh, oh, speaking of snipes though. Oh my goodness. What a goal. Right. Uh, he, he made it two one after one to give Florida some hope. Uh, and, and I thought both teams played fairly well. I mean, the, the shot totals were ridiculous. I mean, we, they were both in the teens after one period and it, it, and it showed. It was definitely, uh, definitely a fast-paced game for sure. Oh yeah, like the first. I, I said again. I, I should just you know maybe I'll just post my Twitter in in the show notes, and I won't have to say anything on the show. Um, like no. I was like in the first intermission, I was like, is this thing over yet? Like that's how fast the first period felt. Like it went by. Like that the intermission by contrast felt like it like moved at like a glacial pace. Like, and I know there's, there was more time played in the first period than obviously there is an intermission because of stoppages in play and intermissions are 18 minutes, but it felt like forever between the first and second period because of the pace that the, the first one at. And I thought right. to kind of cap off the first two, like Forsling scored and you kind of felt it was coming because like the Sharks had, I thought, you know, the Sharks had some good chances, but it was kind of playing a little bit of a track meet. And the shots on goal kind of surprised me after the first, because I'm like, there's no way there's been that many shots on goal for each team, because it didn't feel like that. But there we are. Right, up the, the, sh the shot total is just ridiculous. Mm -hmm. After one period, and then after two periods, I think it was like 36-24 in favor of Florida. Granted, yeah. the only goal that, that occurred was Matt Nieto getting his fourth uh, of the season from uh, Benino and Vlasic and, and stick taps to Benino and that O line. Uh, Benino, three assists on the night, but Nieto with a two-game point streak. This time he gets it with a goal. Yeah, I mean, you look, you need secondary scoring to win games, and uh, the Sharks have gotten that um, in the last couple of games. And, you know, um, I'm not the biggest Nieto guy, but, uh, you know, I'm not going to, disparage him here i thought that line played pretty good tonight and you know at least in the ozone i think defensively the sharks were a absolute tire fire but that was kind of was just fire wagon hockey <laughs> um but yeah no i mean you know credit to credit to, you know um 
you know, as I think, because I, when you looked at the second period, I think a lot of people thought, okay, with the way that Florida was coming on in the, in the, in the, like at the end of the first, it's like, oh, this is, you know, this game's going to, it's a nice lead, but this game's going to go the other way pretty quick. Um, but, you know, credit to Nieto, like right off, right out of the gate, they score another goal and, you know, keep it interesting for at least a little while. Yeah. I mean, that made it 3-1. They, they hunkered down and, you know, Florida kept pushing and pushing and pushing and, and, uh, but still nothing was getting by. I mean, kudos to, to James Reimer after 40. I mean, yeah, stick taps to him for the Kudos to James night. Reimer for the whole game. Right. Like, if you, like, again, if you have if you have a problem with James Reimer after this game, then I don't know. Um, I You, you shouldn't. You unless should. unless you, you want should. Martin Jones. And, oh. and you shouldn't. And you shouldn't want freaking Martin Jones. So, uh, and Reimer played his butt off on yeah. this one. Uh, third period, the Panthers really came out gunning. Uh, Barkov gets one about a minute and a half in. To to make it four two, or excuse me three to two, and we're like oh boy here it comes, uh, but then Montour takes a hooking penalty to set up another Jonathan Dolan power play goal from Burns and Benito. Uh, you know five minutes in, and you're feeling good. It's four two. It's four two, but it was like very quickly all Panthers after. Like from this point on, it was pretty much all Panthers for the most part. So we agree. Uh, uh, sadly, yes. Uh, after that, it just started. I mean, they just kept gunning and gunning. Yeah, they kept coming. I mean, there was the there was the call that was there was the game that was the goal that was like blatantly offside. Yeah, <laughs> I think um, it, it was, <laughs> that review was so quick. That was hilarious. Yeah, it was super quick. So I, I was like, and it's funny because I'm like watching the replay of it because I was more focusing on like on on what Reimer was doing. And I look, I'm like, that's 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 offside. That's got to be offside. And then, yeah, sure enough, the Sharks challenge it. And it's it's actually an offside challenge that ends quick like they all should. Well, that's because Pierre DeBoer is not coaching this team anymore. <laughs> uh, so it remained 4-2, but the Panthers will get it right back. Mason Marchment, yes, that is Brian Marchment's dad, or that is Brian Marchment's son, uh, to make it 4-3, uh, a uh, rough turnover. I think Burns just fanned on the clear there. Yeah, I mean, the problem, like, here's the thing, right? Like, losing Ferraro, this is when, and I'm not, I'm not just going to give, like, the Sharks, oh, well, they lost Ferraro, so of course they fell apart in the first, but, like, when you look at, like, some of the minutes that the defense has logged and the different combinations of defensemen that they had to throw out there together to make sure that just Brent Burns wasn't playing 40 minutes this game, things were going to things were going to go south right like the longer they had to play with five defensemen the more that's going to favor a team like Florida especially in a game where it's kind of a track meet the whole game yeah the play was back and forth a lot i mean it wasn't really you know bob bugner earlier in the day said you know this is this is where the sharks you know to have success probably want to have a, a boring a more boring game right and they decided against that and it was an entertaining game. I mean, I'm not going to complain about how entertaining the game was, but you know, as the game goes on, yeah, of course, like you're putting defensemen, you're playing defensemen more minutes than they probably should be playing. You're playing guys with guys that they're not used to playing against, against one of the best teams in the league. Yeah. Right. And it's, I mean, yes, Joe Thornton is 40 something years old 
and he and he can be load managed like like Kawhi Leonard from the Raptors in during their run. That's how good that team is. You yep. know, I mean, I mean, Huberdo is a freaking stud. He's been a stud for years already. But then, you know, and I'm glad the the broadcast gave you know Barkov the love that he deserves because I know he he doesn't get a whole lot just because of where he plays. But man, yeah. that guy is freaking amazing. Oh yeah, if he played in like, if he played in a New York or a Toronto or something like that, like he would be a absolute rock star and he is an absolute rock star but yeah he would get way more you get more flowers when you play in bigger teams like that's just the way it works <laughs> so marchment made it four three then like less than two minutes later huberdo with his 17th ties it up and i'm like you kind of unfortunately and even randy said you you knew it was coming unfortunately oh yeah like it, like a, the the tide had turned after that power play like right Florida was was I mean Florida was the better team for a lot of this game but they really came on and and here's the other thing too again you know you want to go back to defense as the momentum shifted you found that like the Sharks and and Drew pointed this out I can't remember if it was Melosh or Magna like there was a lot of guys backing in to the zone yep. instead of taking their man, especially when they had the numbers, like just the lack of awareness um, from the decor in a lot of situations where they just, they had the numbers so they could, you know, someone should be able to attack the puck carrier and they didn't. Um, and that's, you know, and that's frustrating uh, to watch, I, I think. And it's frustrating for Reimer because again, like Reimer did everything possible to give the Sharks a chance to win this game. But when you're not challenging the the Panthers as they come in the zone, and when you when you have the numbers, I understand when they have the numbers, if they come in on an odd man rush, for sure. Obviously, you need to back up, take the pass, whatever. But when you have numbers, take the puck, make them make a, you know, make them make a mistake mm -hmm. and then try and turn the puck the other way. But yeah. they didn't do that. They just kept backing in, backing in, giving the Panthers all kinds of room uh, in the in the offensive zone. And yeah, of course they're gonna set up these pretty passes for pretty, you know, for pretty snipe goals because you've given them the zone. You've given them, you've you're playing the game on their terms in your zone, and that should just not happen. And that's and and that's you know that's partially systems. That's partially inexperience for some of these guys, and it's partially you know, guys that are probably a little bit tired too. Like it's a, it's a whole combination of a lot of different things, right? Yeah. It, it's, you it's know, the one defenseman that didn't play a ton of time tonight was Redim Shimmick, who was awful, like <laughs> by far the worst D man on the team. And for a guy who has the number of, you know, like I, you're going to expect problems from a guy like Nick Malosh or a Jacob Magna, right? Guys that don't have a ton of NHL experience. Brad Shimmick's been there, done that. Like, he shouldn't be the worst blue liner on your team. I thought Vlasic was fine tonight. Like, I don't think there was, there was times where Vlasic kind of got himself in trouble. But I, overall in all, I thought Vlasic was fine. It, it's, it's like he elevated his game when he jumped up into the lineup a little bit more with Ferraro going up. I noticed he was out there with Burns for a little bit. But yeah, here's here's the thing, and and I know plus minus is such one of those ticky tacky stats, but Vlasic was a plus two 
tonight. Shimmick, who only played 14 minutes, was a minus three. And granted, Burns, who, and AJ bringing this over, it's the most that Brent Burns has ever played in a regular season game, you know, yeah, compared to not 13 ideal. years like, ago. It's not ideal. I mean, yeah. but what are you going to do? Like, I, I don't like it, but I understand it, right? Like, Burns sure. is going to just, you're down a defenseman, Burns is going to have to log a ton of minutes. I get it. I don't know if, like, but but at the same time here, right? Like, this is where lineup changes, like lineup decisions, you kind of have to question them, right? Now, obviously, you, you didn't know you were going to lose Ferraro. Right. So that's fair. But, like, in a situation like this, like, wouldn't it have been nice to have Ryan Merkley to start that overtime period instead of Brent Burns, who'd played 33 minutes? Damn right. Damn right. You know. Right? Now, again, you don't know you're going to lose Ferraro before the game, but... But even with Ferraro in the lineup, like Ferraro's not your super offensive guy, right? No. Like, I don't know. It just, it's it's frustrating. You know, yeah, the benefit of hindsight a little bit there, for sure. But like, and I don't even know what Brent Burns was doing in that overtime. Like, he goes in, I, I don't know, maybe he's like, well, I've I've got like enough gas in me for one rush, so I'm going in. Let's go, boys. And then the other guys are like, no, I think we're going to stay back and play defense and we'll let you go in by yourself. And then Which, you never have possession again. Like, I don't know what that play was because uh, yeah. Burns shoots into the zone. No one backs him up. And then guess what? Well, you lose the puck because Burns isn't going to on three through three guys after playing 30 minutes. Yeah. And then you never get the puck back and then they score. Yeah. No, it... it, it... It was a weird uh, scenario. Yes, okay, Burns is going in. Okay, somebody's got to back him up just in case. But both of them backed up, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and that, that's the tough part. Burns is like, let's go, boys. Let's get this done quickly. I want to yeah. get on a plane to go no, to rally. I've got no gas. Like, I've, I've, got, I've got enough gas for one rush, boys. Let's go. Right? And, but I mean, I and I don't know who you play instead there because that's the problem, right? With Ferraro being out, like... Who are you putting on the ice in that situation in overtime, three on three? Well, and be honest, yeah. After Burns who gets off the in? ice, right? Like who? Who else is going on? Magna, Vlasic, Wash, Wash. I mean, yeah. I mean, sure as fuck not Shimmick. At, at this point, I wonder if you'd go three forwards. I would probably. You know, I mean, yeah. I and I think that's how you're going to do it. You have to, maybe you have somebody. Maybe you know defensively sound, but has a scoring touch. But I mean, shoot, man, <laughs> that that's a tough one to call. And and I would have to, if it were me, you go three forwards for one of the shifts, for sure. Uh, yeah, you take someone who's maybe a little more, I don't know, a little more defensively responsible, like send Hurdle out there. And, and of course, in the end, Huberto- send Hurdle out as your, you know, like your your point guy slash guy who can come back and and play some defense. Like, I think Hurdle plays two-way pretty well. Yeah. No, I, I think that's where you do it. Um, William Vogel says, Magna, he was the least worst. Oh, God. You know. No. But, I mean, yeah. it is what it is. But it. it but you're you're right, Ian, and this is where the lineup can comes into play. With no Carlson, you know, mm-hmm. you, you have an a offensively-minded defenseman in Merkley, Yes, he has had some defensive issues here and there. Yeah. But I don't think he's a liability where Shimmick was tonight. 
Right. And the only other thing I wonder too, and just because, and maybe this isn't fair, this is based, maybe this is just based on reputation more than anything that I know. I don't know anything. Like I'm not trying to say anything here. I just wonder if, if there's something, like, is there something off the ice that we don't know about with Merkley? Because unfortunately with Ryan Merkley, like that's the reputation, right? Like you have to yeah. ask those questions occasionally. And I just wonder if there's something other than, you know, the, oh, well against Tampa, you know, he, let in that backbreaking fifth goal, you know, his, 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 his play was responsible for the fifth goal that, you know, completely broke the Sharks ability to come back in in a seven, one loss, but I don't know. And so I, I kind of asked that question, but I, you know, and again, I'm not trying to say anything here. I don't know anything. I'm dumb. I'm up here 3000 miles away from the team. Like I don't know anything going on in the room, but but you have to wonder, like, you know, it may, maybe there's something more to it. I hope there's something more to it. I don't hope that. But it would make me there's less be annoyed. Some, yeah. It would make me less annoyed with, with Merkley not being in the lineup if there was something that, uh, other than, oh, you know, he made a mistake in a game and now he's got to pay for fucking two games. Right. And, of course, in the overtime, Huberdeau does the fake Michigan and feeds Sam Bennett, who's coming off the ice. He's got all the steam in the world. The the three Sharks players are like, oh, we're watching the puck. <laughs> oh, yeah. it, 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 was om- it was almost like it was a disconnected controller there, and it Sam was, Bennett's I, like on speed burst, and then he hits a one-timer, game over, good night, have fun dry- flying to, to Raleigh. Yeah, I mean, I love that. <laughs> I love the balls on Huberto to fake the Michigan. Like I love an overtime. I love it. That that's amazing. Love I, it. And he said on faking the Michigan to set up the game winning. I guess I faked it. I don't know how to do it. I see it on Instagram a lot, so I thought I fake it. <laughs> like, can, can just add some more salt into the wound there. Like, yeah. Like I I I love it. But um, yeah. I mean, obviously, look at yeah. It was a bunch of puck watching. Obviously, because I don't think like, how do you stop the Michigan? It, see, that's the thing. Now, now it just used to be just the Michigan for you know to put it in. Now, thanks to Trevor's, you know, Zegris. Okay, wh- wh- careful, he might flip it over. Yeah, Very I mean, care- like, I would be, I would be afraid. No, no. Granted, I should not have a hockey stick in my hand near anybody, but I would be afraid to like trying to stop it that I'd like spear my own goalie in the face <laughs> i don't know i mean it was a really nice it was a really nice goal but yeah i mean the sharks got caught watching the puck and not i mean that's not good i question i question the there's a lot i question about here right like i obviously again like with ignoring like going with who was available like who was in the lineup i i i do have to question that threesome <laughs> A little bit like the forwards, like the whole thing. Just, yeah, I don't know. It, Broken. It was a tough one. So the Sharks lose 5-4 in overtime to the Florida Panthers. They get a point. That's a good thing. Yeah, I mean, look, at they 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 got a point and they earned it. I mean, I like, I don't want to come away from this saying like the Sharks didn't deserve. Like they, they played well enough to, especially Reimer. Um, but oh, yeah. again, like the, like, you know, the, the offense, like they got, I don't think it would be fair to not give the offense credit for their part of the game, right? Like they, they scored, like it's, you could be, you know, it's easy to sit here and go, oh man, well, if Reimer, this game's over. But 
I mean, yeah, that's that's true, but you know, Reimer can't score goals. Like, how many times have we said that, right? Like, yeah, yeah goalie was great, but you know, who's he can't score goals. I mean, the Sharks got the goals, so I don't want to completely discredit the Sharks for what they did tonight. But yeah, I mean, they they probably they they got they got they got a point, and I think they deserved it. I, you know, but they didn't play well enough in overtime to get two. Yeah, and, and that's that's the painful one. And in the end, that's what can cost them, uh, you know, a remote chance in the playoff spot. Now, that being said, Ian, mm-hmm. if you're without Ferraro for a considerable amount of time, you're without Carlson for a while, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, six to eight weeks. I mean, it, Yes, this team now is going to, you know, thankfully get to the all-star break, you know, after these next two games and get some rest and hopefully we can figure things out. But man, this is going to be a tough one if if you're out with two of your best defensemen for a while uh, to to attempt to make a shot at the playoffs, uh, even in the Pacific. See, and that's the thing, like I, I, I. I don't look at the team from that perspective and I understand people want to, and that's fine. Like you're entitled to that. But like, I still think like the sitting in the second wild card is a mirage, which they like, I don't look at this as a playoff team. Like the playoffs are completely not even something that I've considered because I don't think they're a playoff team. Like I just, I don't think that when it's all said and done, they're going to be the ones sitting in that spot. I think they've done they they've done well this yeah. season. Like I think they've 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 done better than I thought they were going to do. But I don't think like I don't look at this as oh well you know yeah you, when this team makes the playoffs I don't think this team's making the playoffs. I don't think they're going to be close when it's all said and done. I think that again the mirage of you know Canadian teams that have five games in hand. Once those five games are caught up, I don't think this team looks nearly as pretty as they do right now. Yeah. It, yeah, and, and right, and like William Vogel in the chat, with respect, like this game at least didn't torpedo their chances. You're right, right. Like obviously, look at points are points, and points are important. I just, but I don't, I, I just, I don't approach these games as, oh well, if we do this, like it's the end game to me isn't, oh well, if they do really good, you know, in the next little stretch, they're gonna make the playoffs. Like I just, I just think that once the, I want to see more divisional games again, like. If right. they start racking up a bunch of wins in the division, which so far they haven't done, but if they start racking up games within the division, I'll entertain the playoff talk. But until that point, like right now, a lot of I don't think we have a winning record against the division. You've barely played against the division. Well, I know, <laughs> but, I mean, but in, in most of those games we haven't won. Am I right? Nope, you're not wrong. I mean, to go 0-2 against expansion Seattle is... For a team that wants yeah. to, wants yeah, to make problematic, ha- isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, if you can't get past Seattle, then good luck having fun with L.A. and Anaheim. And yeah. oh, by the way, there's this team up in Edmonton that just got another player, to, you know, playing tonight. I don't know him. I don't, I don't know, know him either. I mean, but I mean, they're 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 getting on a roll now. So it's going to be tough, but it's going to be interesting. And, and, you know, I think Tom Dolan said something earlier, you know, uh, let me pull it up here. Realistically, we're evaluating young guys against superior competition and getting our heads kicked in at the end is educational in terms of what 
good teams do to win. Yeah, absolutely. Like again, like I'm not. Yeah, I mean Florida's a better team, and you know, and the Sharks hung with them by hook or by crook most of the game. You know, credit to the Sharks for that for sure. Absolutely. Right. Like is it, yeah, it's it's absolutely learning experience. I just wish that, you know, again, that guys that I expect to be on this team down the road are the ones playing the games. Because I think Jacob Mignan and Milosh have done okay, but I, they're not, they're guys. They're not the future. Right, they're fill-ins. Right, yeah, like they're, exactly. They're okay, fill-ins. Okay, so they're, for... apparently we're three and three against the division. It feels worse. I guess those <laughs> Seattle games made things. I think those, yes. games, those two losses to Seattle, though, make it, make it worse. They almost it, feel like even, a double. It's a 500 record, but it's really, it doesn't count. No, I, I, you're not wrong until AJ put that up. I'm like, well, I mean, considering we played Seattle, it, it feels like it's bad, you know? Yeah. So, uh, of course we would be remiss about mentioning some guy named Joe Thornton playing his first game against the Sharks for the first time in, oh, over 18 years. Uh, and of course it was, uh, I think it was a five, five tie against the Sharks and Boston Bruins, his cousin, Scott Thornton, had a pair of goals in that game. AJ, thank you for that. Um, but on the poll question tonight, we put out, what's your favorite Joe Thornton memory? The jumbo slide goal against LA in 2011 to win the series. The pass that he apparently saw Marlowe in the plexiglass reflection to get over there. Uh, his almost rooster trick in 2019 against Boston or just coining the term rooster trick. Um, so my term, you know, mine, mine, mine is coining the rooster trick. And here's why, because when, when, when Joe Thornton was here and you know, when I, cause I didn't agree when they took the, when they took the captaincy off Thornton, I didn't agree with it. And I think that, and again, like I think, too much emphasis is put on who wears the C like teams have leaders, like le your leaders are your leaders, regardless of what letter they wear. But like Joe Thornton, um, you know, came out and basically changed the conversation from, Oh, hurdle disrespected the game to, th to that. Right. Right. Like he came out, like that's what leaders do. Like he took all the heat off hurdle in one interview. And that wasn't even supposed to be made public. <laughs> yeah. Like, and so, I mean, like that's, but that's, that's what leaders do for all the talk about how, how terrible, you know, this team was so leaderless until Joe Pavelski took over. <sighs> like, it's just, it, it bugs me, you know? Cause I, I think little things like that, like you don't have to, you don't have to have a, have to make big speeches every intermission to be a leader, like doing stuff like that. No, it's those little things. And yeah, you're right. You know, Adam Oates came out. This is disrespectful to Lee. Holy crap. You wouldn't like this season, Adam Oates. <laughs> you would certainly not like this season for sure. Um, uh, you, you'd be right next to John Tortorella in that one. Uh, right now, the poll is sitting at 42% saying the jumbo slide goal against. Well, I mean, that's that's awesome, right? Like that. Yeah, that was amazing. That series was a classic one, especially how they came back in game three but yeah jumbo's winning goal there but yeah i'm with you i i would pick coining the term rooster trick uh especially after patty's uh you know uh what what did his what is his wife call it i guess congrats on the dick trick or something like that you know <laughs> uh 
I mean, it, the, just a kick out of that is something else. So, uh, but yeah, you know, Joe, it's weird to see Joe Thornton, but you know, hey, uh, March when he comes back, it's you know, there's going to be a crazy, uh, a crazy time uh, for that game. That might be your first sellout. We'll see. So, oh man, that's a tough one to take. But you know, the Sharks lose this one five to four. Uh, looking at the standings now, because we kind of have to do that now that we're kind of halfway through. Just to see, <laughs> Ian's like, oh my god, no. But I mean, they're at forty-seven points. You know, that's good. They're they're at five hundred, but uh, they're three games above NHL five hundred. And that one, I didn't know the Ducks now are first place in the division. Holy crap. Uh, yeah, like, again, like, it, and it's, and, you know, and again, like, you look at the, the Ducks part, and again, the Ducks have played more games than anyone. So I think that you have to, and that's, that's the, that's the one thing about the standings that you have to really, with all these teams kind of getting these little COVID breaks and everything else, like, right. that's, like, I, I think if there's one thing that I wish this season would kind of normalize is looking at points percentage over points. And the Sharks are at 534, which, uh, you know, would put them uh, in the sixth spot if they were going off points percentage uh, with Vegas having 602 and so on on the way down. Again, Edmonton and Vancouver, or Edmonton and Calgary have five games in hand on San Jose. Calgary, or excuse me, uh, Vancouver has one game in hand, but versus the Ducks, Calgary and Edmonton have eight games in hand. <laughs> right, and, that, and that's and that's what I say. Like that's and that's the mirage, right? Because if you're looking at this from a Sharks perspective and the Sharks making the playoffs, like you not only have to get past, you have to you have to get past LA, you have to get past Anaheim, you have to get past Vegas, and then you have to hope that when Calgary and Edmonton play all their games, they don't pass you. Yeah. Like it's, it's, that's why it's a mirage. Yeah. And especially with Anaheim playing the most games out of the division, you know, it's nice to see them be first place in that perspective, but don't get used to it. So I think the Ducks have had a hell of a season though. Like, oh man, I didn't expect them to be this good. Found money for them. I think we expected all three California teams to improve. But yeah, I, but I, not. But not like this. No. So, uh, as for the wild card, you know, the, how do are we? Okay. We, we, San Jose's in the second wild card f- for now. Mirage. Mirage, indeed. Um, Calgary plays later tonight, don't they? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Saturday night. They got to. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, we'll get to some yeah, of the Vancouver tonight. Yeah, uh, they're probably the second half of Hockey Night in Canada. Sure. Yeah, probably. Sure. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Hockey Night in Canada, we'll, we'll do our wrap around. Laurel, I, sorry, can't give you the info. Uh, Evander Kane gets his first goal of the season as the Oilers lead six to two. They're going to win that game. Uh, Leon Drysaddle gets to thirtieth of the season. Uh, like, here's the thing, right? Like, this is. This here here's the script for 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 what's going to happen next. He's going to do really good, and he's going to be a model citizen. Then he's going to get a contract, and then it'll be all everyone else's fault when everything goes wrong. It's like we've heard that before. It's like we've seen the script before. Like, 
whatever. Uh, Leafs and Red Wings are tied 4-4. Michael Bunting with a hat trick. Who? Uh, I love Michael, Bun- Michael Bunting. Yeah. It was a great pickup for them. Larkin also has a pair of goals at the, as that goes late in into the third. Vegas and Tampa are going into overtime as we speak. Colton and Perry for the Lightning. Howden Carey for the, for the Golden Knights, which means... None of the guys who usually are going get, going to get those goals are doing that right now. Uh, final just in the Whalers, also known as the Hurricanes, uh, won two to one tonight. So uh, they're playing back to backs in that one. So Sveshnikov gets the game winner in that one. Uh, the Sabers and the Arizona State Coyotes. Uh, Sabers are up two nothing. Um, let me ask you, Ian, who would you mm-hmm. rather be, Buffalo, uh, with with their nightmare and trading Eichel and everything, or the Coyotes who are on the verge of playing the next at least three years in a five thousand seat? Right <laughs> oh, I'm glad you brought this up. Um, I would want to be neither. <laughs> if I'm, oh, come on. <laughs> well, I, I, I mean, let, let me let me let me tackle this from two different perspectives. Go for it. This this Arizona thing first. Like, if I'm the PA, I am livid oh, right absolutely. now. Livid. Because now look at now. I I know people are going to be like, oh, well, you know, five thousand people's you know average Coyotes game anyway. No. Okay, first, your Sharks fans, shut up. Like, you have no. We have no room to poke. You know, throw stones at other teams for attendance right now. So Sharks fans, just shut up for a minute. And my and my beef isn't with Arizona fans here, right? Like if if you're a Coyotes fan after this chain of gong show ownership groups and drama and everything else, this team has been like, God bless you, because <laughs> like, you know, like if you if you have stuck through that team through this like best fan in hockey, best fan in hockey. Right. It's it's so devastating to hear this, you yeah. know, because Let me finish here. Oh, Let me sorry. Finish. Sorry. Sorry. But if I'm the PA, like it's not about, you know, how many people will actually fill the barn. It's the potential. Right. And if you're telling me this team gets to play in a 5000 seat arena, which, you know, I remember when when Winnipeg came in and everyone's like, oh, that's an AHL arena. It's too small. But this is OK. Like, how is this okay? Like, if you're, and, and going back to what I said, like, the PA, like, if you're a Players Association member, you're paying escrow because, you know, you need hockey revenue to be up. Like, I don't think that the play, the PA have any recourse here as far as, like, you know, can they can they pitch a fit and grieve this or something? I don't believe so, unless, unless if, like, the Coyotes, whatever facilities they're going to be using aren't up to, like, NHL snuff, then maybe they could get a grievance out of that. But as long as I think, as long as they... You know, as long as all their their stuff that they need is up to is up to snuff, I think they they can get away with it. I just I don't understand why this like ownership like these gong ship of ownership groups just continue to get a pass. Like the league should be embarrassed about this. I, I mean, they it, should be embarrassed. You know, I was listening to the Steve Dangle podcast about about this a bit too, and they can't even use the ASU. Uh, locker rooms because there's a rule with NCAA issues so yeah. they have to they have to already renovate the arena to accommodate a coyotes and a visitor's locker room and which that's means on the 
that's on an if they get a building. Like they don't even have like this doing like if they did this and they because they were building a building. Great. I I understand that. Right. But they're doing this on the chance they might get a building like move this fucking team. I, I, Just move I, this team. Put them in a there's got to be a building somewhere in the southwest where you can put this team that's going to maybe draw more, maybe it draws the same amount, but maybe they draw more. But at least like put them in a build like put them in an actual NHL building or at least something close to it. You know what's scary is that I think the Tucson Roadrunners have a bigger capacity than the Coyotes would with this building. I think Yeah, and that's sad. That's that's pathetic. I mean, and with all the renovations, they would ha- at least you know, at, at this point the the Barracuda new arena could be bigger than what would be fitting into Arizona Coyotes. I mean, it's just ridiculous uh, uh to do it. PG48, how do you pay an NHL roster with only 5,000 fans revenue sharing? Which the Coyotes already do anyway. Like <laughs> the rest of the league subsidizes them. Yeah, I mean Tom Dolan's saying you know move them into the Salt Lake City. Salt Lake's not exactly Ooh, Houston. Houston's probably the one that's like ready to go. The same with Kansas City. Uh, in that term, of course, Quebec City is going to come up up the yin yang now. No, you can't. Okay, here's the problem though: you can't move them to the east because then that, you have to move another team out west. That's what I was going to say. Is that you? Then you run into realignment issues, and you yeah. already gave the promise to Columbus and Detroit to keep them out east. Well, that's it, right? And so you're going to kick back west. You have to click one of them back west. Right. One of them has to come back west. So it's either got to be Detroit or Columbus. Neither of those teams are going back west without kicking and screaming. Nor should they. No. Nor should they. They both play in the Eastern Times. Only shouldn't be in. They shouldn't play in the West. Like, yeah. No. They they, they got it. That's why. And that's why I said the Southwest because like, obviously you want to keep them somewhere close to where they're going to have an impact on television numbers or whatever. But ultimately, this team should move. The NHL looks like a Mickey Mouse. Well, I mean the 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 Coyotes ownership is already a Mickey Mouse ownership to begin with, but. To, like now the league looks a little more Mickey Mouse by association. So uh, good I mean, on them. It's it's like when when the NFL allowed the Chargers to move to LA and they stuck them in a twenty seven thousand seat stadium. I mean it, it's it, it's unacceptable. And yeah, and like here's here's the thing, right? Like I'm a big proponent of like you have to put hockey in dumb markets because that's how you grow the game. Sure, but this situation isn't working. You've burned you that team has burned the bridge so badly that the city of Glendale would rather be tenantless than keep you in their building. Right. Right? It's cheaper to kick you out of their building than to keep you in it because you don't pay your bills. Again, Mickey Mouse Mickey Mouse operation. And you have and you really have no other place to go within the West unless if you don't take Houston or Kansas City. Because yeah. I mean, those are, I mean, Kansas City is probably the best NHL ready rink. Ready yeah, but to even go. though this, I mean, the, but the, I don't even know if it's still the Spirit Center, but I mean, that's not exactly a new building. Like at one point in time, like Kansas City it was like five, right, six like, years, I think. Oh, Spirit if not Center's more, be older than that. But yeah, I mean, it, it's it's within at least the last decade, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it, I don't know. I, I I feel like we've been talking about Kansas City for a long fucking time. So that building's got to have been there for a while, right? And I'm not saying that they don't deserve it. I'm just saying, like, but I'm just saying, like, it's not like, you know, it's not like 
say I and I, I'm using Quebec City only as an example as far as like it's not like the Videotron Center, which is like a few years old. I'm trying to pull it up right now as we speak here. I'm 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 curious now. And by the way, it's because of that whole Sprint and T-Mobile combination. It's the T-Mobile Center in Kansas City. Not to okay. get confused with the one in Las Vegas. Um, yeah. Let's see. It opened in 2007. So you're right. Yeah, yeah. It was, it's longer than that. But it holds yeah. 17,544 for hockey. For sure. But do you have an owner there? That's the other question, right? Like, right. The, I, I feel like if Kansas City wanted a team, like we would have heard some, someone would have said something, right? Where we know, right. we know like there has been, there has at least been interest, like obviously in a place like Quebec city, obviously there's interest there. We've heard rumblings of interest in Houston, mm-hmm. but we've like, we've never heard anything about Kansas city. Uh, and that's the thing. You, there's gotta be a desire from an owner too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you know, like if I'm the league, I would make the Coyotes sell. Um, I mean, so yeah, I guess, I mean, I, I, it's hard, right? Because I think both, both teams, like going back to your original question, like, which would you rather be? I mean, neither, both teams have terrible fucking owners, <laughs> right? No, you're, you're, you're not wrong. You are not wrong. Um, I, I, yeah, and it's, look it's at just like Buffalo is Buffalo on, on, on the Buffalo side of things. Buffalo is a team where you want to talk about destroying fan goodwill buffalo used to be one of the best tv markets in the nhl yep that those days are long gone no like Uh, how do you i don't know how you i don't know how you rebuild that rebuild that trust it's a tough one because buffalo was one of the hottest hockey markets around even when the sabers are losing uh they were still border i think you know covid put a dent in that too because they do have a lot of migratory i'm not saying like they need canadians to fill their barn but they help yeah (laughs) right no it's true it's true i see people in the chat portland uh how about reno reno doesn't have a building uh you know again the oakland coyotes where's the owner yeah where's the owner that's my question um and again the only reason i mentioned houston was because that's the only place where i've heard interest other than quebec city in it, the last little bit. If Vegas wasn't around, I'd say put them in T-Mobile Arena. I mean, that would have been great to test the market. It would be, you know, it would be fairly near for Arizona, but now it's like Yeah, but here's the other thing too, right? Like I think I I'm curious if the Coyotes did have to move. And I I think we're not there and I don't think we'll be there. But I just I'm curious what that relocation fee looks like, and with what expansion fees are now, I wonder oh. what that relocation fee looks like if it, they went down that rabbit hole. It was about a decade ago when when the Atlanta Thrashers moved to Winnipeg for like I think 175 million dollars uh, on top of a relocation fee. You have to think. Yeah. You have to. And think. The, the but the NHL was like completely over the barrel with Atlanta. I think that's the one thing that people don't remember about the Atlanta situation was like they not only did they have nowhere to play they had no one that wanted to own them exactly so like Winnipeg like right now the Coyotes do have ownership they just don't have a building if they but if their ownership decides well screw this and dumps in the NHL's lap watch how quickly they move 
they they have to. I mean, it'd be absolutely unacceptable for them to do it, and to even think they're not even going to use um, the Arizona Veterans Memorial Coliseum, which could host hockey. Um, is it? Could they host hockey? I don't know if it's set up it, for hockey. Is it, it? It was set up. I mean, they probably have to make some re- renovations, but I believe that's where the IHL Roadrunners but play would too. Would you want to make renovations for a five-year stay? Like if you have to like you because that's the problem, right? Like if it's only a temporary stay, do you serious? Do they want to them being the Coyotes want to retrofit an arena? It's for good, five years. Uh, for five years, maybe it, it's worth it for five years. For four it, years, I don't know. Yeah, like, if it was like a couple of years, like it was for the Sharks at the Cow Palace, you know, maybe not. But but you don't even have you don't even know if you have a building coming. That's the thing with that's, that's the, the big thing too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We've killed this topic. We we we've uh, made the the desert dog yipe. All right. Uh, <laughs> by the way, the Ducks won two to one over Ottawa. The Flyers end their thirteen game winless drought, beating the L.A. Kings unfortunately in overtime, four to three. In that one, uh, Jets beat the Blues four one, and that's it for your wraparound. So we'll be back with you tomorrow. During sure. the biggest football games in the Bay Area. What's going to be watching? We're, oh, by the way, Pugnologists will, will follow Niners and Rams for your for your viewing pleasure. So uh, we'll be back with you on that one. <laughs> Ian, let's just, make, l- l- let's just make it a 20-minute show. And we can get out of there and get watched back to the game. No, I'm kidding. The Sharks did this. Good night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Sharks won. Good night, everyone. And Ferraro's out for the year. Yeah. No. Oh, what do you do tomorrow? Huh? That's that's a question though. What do you do tomorrow? That's Reimer got shelled tonight. And taking on fifty shots, and you you, you got to go back do to you him. Put Slachenko in tomorrow. I would. I think you. I think you have to. And the second set of back to backs. Plus, you got to yeah, go up against Tampa. I think you have to Tuesday. go tomorrow. Do you either put Slachenko in for Carolina, or do you put Slachenko in for Tampa? I think you put him in tomorrow because it's a back-to-back game. Reimer got absolutely shelled tonight. We've already had Reimer go down and miss some games with with bumps and bruises. I don't, like, I think you just, I think you put Sachenko in and you hope for the best because with we don't know how soon Aiden Hill's going to be back. Right. Do you, I, I don't think you risk losing Reimer too. Not. I'm not saying Reimer's like not, like, but you, you don't, don't know. you don't, yeah. Because if you put if you take out Reimer and Hill's not ready to go, then mm. Tuesday becomes the nightmare. Who do you start, Sachenko or Melnichuk? No, I think you start. I think you bite the bullet. You start Sachenko tomorrow and give Reimer a break, and then have Reimer go back in against Tampa. Yeah, I I think that's what you got to do. I mean, I, I get that you want to put in Reimer, but let's be honest here. When you it wraps back to the Merkley t- chat. He'll go back to his veteran. If Merkley doesn't, uh, I don't know. He might. I mean, you might start Reimer tomorrow. I just think after tonight's game, I don't think. I, I think Reimer earned like the. It's just it, it's it's two points, but at the end of the day, it's two points against a non-conference team. Like, yeah, like, all the points matter, but it's not a divisional game. Yeah, and AJ mentioning Bugner sounded like he was going with Reimer, but he could get talked out of it. So. I don't know. I mean, I, I think you ask Reimer how he's feeling tomorrow, and if he's not feeling 
tippy top 100% ready to go, I think you put Sachanko in and just hope for the best. Yeah. Or or like, like we said, you know, do you go Reimer tomorrow with the hope Hill is ready Tuesday? No, I don't think you you don't risk it. You know, again, cuz I do you think I think tomorrow you're playing against the Carolina team that's going to do similar things to what this Florida team did. I think it's going to be another long night for whoever's in goal. Um I don't know, man. I I might start. Like I look at I'm not a big <laughs> I'm not even a big Zach Sachenko guy, but I just think in this situation I would probably play it safe and start Sachenko and let Reimer go against uh Tampa or if Aiden Hill gets back in then great, but I don't I think that's a big if right now. And with it being a five o'clock Eastern time game tomorrow, good luck trying to get somebody from the Barracuda over. Oh, that's no matter what, you know, yeah, thank no, God for the taxi squad. Indeed. So, yeah, I think I, I would start Sachenko tomorrow um, and just, you know, and let whatever come may come then, you know, and then you get back onto it against Tampa. Yeah. And for that matter, after Tampa, you have 13 days off. Right. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's an aspect too. I just, I would just hate to see something happen to Reimer because you put him in on two nights where he's just going to get shelled. Yeah. Like if he faces another 50 shots tomorrow. Oh, God. Right? Yeah. Like I understand points are important and winning is important, but well, sure. I don't know how much, how many games you're going to win without James Reimer in that going forward. Cause you let, you know, cause you completely run him into the ground in two days. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Uh, and it should be an interesting decision no matter what. So in case you missed anything, or yeah, <laughs> Aaron Dell is available. Just say, so. <laughs> uh, yeesh. uh, in case you missed anything, you're always, always... suspended. Yeah, well, that's true too. Uh, in case you missed anything or want to watch this again, check us out on tealtownusa.com or your favorite podcatcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Smash that subscribe button, SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, always at tealtownusa.com. So with that, we're going to rest our voices. You know, maybe some... Yeah, I don't know mine today. It's you know, weird. Diet Pepsi and, and just mm. take it easy. And uh, we'll be back with you tomorrow. Uh, I might be in red and gold, so be on the be forewarned. It's not me rooting for Carolina. Uh, for Sharks and Canes, that's a two o'clock start on the Pacific Coast, five p.m. East Coast time, which means yes, we will be with you following that game and in the middle of the third quarter of Forty ers and Rams. Also at seven p.m. on Sunday will be the Pucknologist. Your recap. Uh, for Sharks this week with AJ and Jerk. So it'll be an interesting, filling, hockey-filled night. Screw football. Ian, your final <laughs> thoughts? Uh, final thoughts? Um, I don't know, man. It, it is what it is. Like, tomorrow's going to be... Tomorrow's going to be an interesting yep. game on so many levels, and I'm really looking forward to it. So, I don't know. Let's, uh, let's see what tomorrow brings. I will be back. Yes. <laughs> We'll I'm going to save some thoughts for then. Oh, boy. If that's not a tease, I don't know what is. So if you haven't hit it already, hit that subscribe button down below and check us out there. So until then, keep it real. Keep it teal. Keep it real teal. The conversation now jumps over to the Discord where the talk never stops. Until then, we'll see you tomorrow, everyone. Have a good night. <laughs>